0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to A Holy Podcast, where we look at whatever the topic was from the previous Sunday's teaching. And this past Sunday, uh, my wife, Mary, uh, taught a wonderful message on love. And uh, Mary, what was your favorite part about your sermon? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Uh, But you really did do a phenomenal job. And so uh, we're going to jump right into it because you know everyone else on the podcast. We have Anthony and Chris. And uh, so, Mary, one of the things that you highlighted um, is you pointed out that you're talking about agape and uh, agape love and that idea. Mm -hmm. My guess is some people got it, you know, whether they've been in church and they get the point of it. Others are like, what's the reason? Why are you highlighting the fact that it's agape love? Uh, You know what I'm asking here? Do you want to just expound on that for a second of just... Why did you focus on the fact that we're talking about agape love, that concept? Sure,
1: sure, because it's the way that God relates to us, so it's the overarching theme of love and God's selfless and sacrificial love towards us and how he views us. And so that's the reason why I focus on it is because of that reason, and then that's how we're called to love the people in our lives.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that we know in Scripture is that um, there are many different concepts that when it's translated into English, we just translate it love. Mm -hmm. So we know like at least four different words. So there's agape, which references the way that God loves. So like the famous one would be John 3.16, for God Mm -hmm. so agape the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the word there. Uh, But there's eros, which is like the romantic, passionate love. There's um, phileo, which is like brotherly love, where we get that here in Philadelphia. Um, and that is uh, brotherly love, and I think also like friendship. And then there's a storge, which is that the family love?
1: I believe so. Family
0: love. Okay, um, so when we look at love, let's just t- unpack that for a moment. We automatically, when we hear love, we just put like all of our own connotation mm-hmm. into it. How does culture's love differ from agape and biblical love?
2: I would say one of the the key differences is that... Um, the ability to correct or to um, stand against inside the idea of love they are are opposing things for our culture, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, if you love, you, you tolerate, you accept, you just yeah. go along with. If you—you're not loving, if you discipline, if you stand in opposition of, and and right. say this is the right way to go, and so reorienting the the culture's thinking as far—I should say it that way or this way that that. What Jesus is doing and what agape love does is it reorients this this idea of it's not just any way goes it's yeah right the best way it goes if yeah. that makes sense totally.
0: what do you think when you're looking at culture what's some of the
2: major differences <laughs> yeah I mean I would
3: echo that that's a, that's a big one I mean we talked in one of the earlier podcasts that like I think concept of of love and morality today is defined by tolerance in a lot of ways, which Mm -hmm. I I think also we might use the language more of enablement, right? Where there's certain behaviors and actions that are actually not good for a person or lead to destruction. And so from a biblical standpoint, that contradicts the concept of love because true agape love not only is sacrificial, but it's fighting for the highest good of a person. And we know that As Christians, we believe the highest good is walking according to God's design for human flourishing. Um, I think the other thing, uh, and I usually will mention this when I do weddings and stuff, is we, I use the example of, you know, the Nicholas Sparks novels, right? Those, there's so many books and movies that when our culture talks about love, I think we're infatuated with romance and the idea of having a soulmate. And a lot of times I think that in and of itself is associated with feelings. And so the problem with that is feelings come and go, right? And so, If love is based on feelings of affection and feelings of affection alone, those are dangerous waters because mm-hmm. that can come and go and it can be situational. And so um, to echo what Mary said, yeah, we're, we're called not only to know and to experience the love of God, but to also then embody that um, to the world.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. I I was going to say that uh, our culture's idea of love is governed by emotions. Yeah, Mm. It really is feelings. And so that even I'm gonna come back to that in a second. There's another question that was posed to me right away, uh, Monday morning by one of our staff members was like, hey, can I just bounce something off of you? So I'm gonna come back to that. But I want to first jump to something else you said that I I really appreciated. And I don't know, sometimes like in teaching, we all know this, you can't say everything you want to say. So like (laughs) you say a a truth Mm -hmm. and it's so profound, but you're like, I wish I could spend 10 minutes on this, but I can't. But one of the things that you said that I thought was so profound is you said, you can't really love people if you don't love God. Mm -hmm. Like that is a powerful principle. Do you mind just taking a moment and expounding on what you meant by that?
1: Sure. In order to be able to show people the type of love that God is calling us to love, that's not a natural feeling that we have. So just as you're talking about emotions, love being based on emotions, our natural flesh gets upset when people respond poorly to us or don't love us in the way that we feel like they should love us. And so if we allow that, our natural flesh to govern that, then we will be governed by emotions. But in order to love people like God's calling us to, we have to know his character. We have to know all the different characteristics that embody his love Mm -hmm. in order to live that out in our lives. And it's just, I I said it in the message, but it's not something we can just like muster up. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are people who are not in a relationship with God that love very well, but we can't fully embrace and model god's love unless we're experiencing it and know his character and, and have the the empowerment of the holy spirit within us
0: yeah absolutely all right so one of the questions that that someone said to me right away um you're, you're now i'm curious now you're what curious. are they gonna yeah. say <laughs> uh, but no they said um uh, they they basically i thought it was a really good question i said at our connect group this is what we wrestled with what if my heart's not in it
3: mm-hmm. is
0: that good enough for god I, i'm like oversimplifying the question but that's the question sure. of like all right, Mary's talking on Sunday. She's talking about love. She's saying it's an action. What if I do all the right things and in my heart I'm basically like I still don't like this person? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I gave my answer, but I'm curious what you guys <laughs> <laughs> would say to that. If there's someone goes, you know what? Um, and, and not as cold as I just said it. It's not like I don't think anyone's desire is. I'm in my mind. I'm going to shred this person and and hate them, but my actions are good. Is that okay for God? But I think they're really just asking us like, it's really hard. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're like, I can do the right things physically, but man, my heart is still really hurt and frustrated and angry. Is that a sin? How would you respond to that? You guys.
3: Go ahead. Um, I mean, we. I actually asked both Mary and Chris, just because I was curious before we started this podcast, what their thoughts were on that. But the the thought that came to me when I heard their response, which they kind of said, and I don't want to answer for them, I'll let them talk, but they kind of said it's, it's a part of the process. And I would fully agree with that. We talked about that when we did the podcast on forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah. There's an element of forgiveness where if your heart is, you want to honor God, you want to do what is right, you want to mm-hmm. be obedient, and an element of trust that even though I don't feel like doing this. I'm trusting that God's ways are better. There is a step of doing this by faith, not by feeling. So I think that element, that same element applies to love. When, When you're dealing with a difficult person, when you're dealing with a person that's hurt you, when you're dealing with a person that maybe you don't fully trust, or there's some caution there, I think you can love them in action and maybe not necessarily feel it at that moment. But I think what happens over time, and Mary touched on this in her message when, when she talked about prayer, I think one of the things that does happen when we take steps of obedience, um, when I said I, she touched on I was talking about prayer. Like when you pray mm-hmm. for someone, if you have a person that you hate or can't stand or a person that you have a lot of feelings of resentment towards, I really believe one of the ways that God will soften your heart is if you begin to pray for that person, yeah, begin to sure. pray for their well-being, pray for their blessing, because ultimately what you're doing in prayer is aligning your heart with the heart of God. So I think that absolutely is is one element of that, and I think it oftentimes the feelings can and often do follow. I agree. Yeah. I,
2: I heard somebody say one time, I think it was C.S. Lewis, but the idea that, that essentially emotions... Follow the action. So we want to train. We're essentially training ourselves mm-hmm. to to be the people that we we need to be. And so we right. we practice before we we fo- before we feel. And so, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I I have to when I think about my relationship, even with Cassie, like there, I I always want to act in a loving way towards her. I also want my heart to be loving mm-hmm. towards her. Right. Um, and I realize that that illustration breaks down whenever you start thinking about somebody who's maybe been abusive, somebody who's yeah. been. Hurtful. I, I I think God is extremely practical, and I think there's there's the reality of the way things are, and then there's also the ideal that He's striving mm-hmm. for. I think um, I, I think the example, the the ideal is always what to, what did Jesus do, and how did Jesus feel? Like, I mean, I I hope that He had warm affection towards me, His enemy, mm-hmm. in that moment. You know, like when He went to the cross. So I I feel like God would challenge us and, and work on our hearts to take us to that place. But I don't know that the reality, like the reality of the depth of hurt and the way that sin impacts us. Um, I would say it'd take a miracle of God to, to move in those, mm-hmm. those situations.
0: You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I, when, when you look at scripture, I think there, there's so much in scripture that talks about that tension of where we're desiring to be and yet the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. And, and I even think about like their scriptures, like in your anger, do not sin. Like Mm -hmm. it's addressing, like there's this emotional side to us as beings that on one side, your emotions feel one way, but you have to govern your behavior. But I agree with what you're saying. I do think in that rhythm is what leads our hearts to change. So like even this upcoming week in, in the message, I'm talking about being discontent And when when I in my notes I'm talking about there's so many times like if you look at like Philippians where Paul's like if you're stressed out pray Mm -hmm. and he's like and rejoice and surrender it to God like there's this these physical things that you can do in Mm -hmm. in prayer and then it's replaced by a peace that surpasses understanding and then right after that he's like whatever is good and noble and true and Mm -hmm. pure like Mm -hmm. meditate on these things he's giving us practical steps so that that will lead our hearts and and so I do think. There is, like you said, God is reasonable. I think God understands. I mean, we know that Jesus, God already knew, but Jesus fully experiencing everything that we mm-hmm. experience had to have felt those emotions. Because mm-hmm, there's a sure. scripture I reference often. It's like in John 3, where uh, they wanted to take Jesus and forcefully make him king. And it said he would not entrust himself to people because he knew what was in the heart of man. Yeah. So like in this, you see that Jesus looks at the condition of humanity and goes like, they're not trustworthy. Like this group... <laughs> And yet, we would all say he still loved them. So mm-hmm. he had the ability to recognize faults in people. Even his rebuke of the scribes and Pharisees, you would say he fully recognized the sinful and destructive behavior mm-hmm. in them and had very strong reactions to them. I mean, Jesus clearing the temple, right? There's like strong reaction, but yet his behavior was still loving. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I for a person that's feeling like God is like trying to hold keep score, I would say. I don't think they need to be stressed about that. As long as their heart is bent, I just want to continue to grow and grow Mm -hmm. deeper in both actions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Would you add anything to that? Sure.
1: Yeah. No, I think there are just things in our spiritual life that, doing them and being obedient does change our heart. Mm -hmm. So even spiritual disciplines, like spending time with God, there's times we just don't feel like reading (laughs) God's word or praying or worshiping, but part of being a consistent Christian and pursuing those things can then change our mindset. It can change our heart. Mm -hmm. And I think we, it, just in reality, we're not always going to want to be loving towards people. Mm-hmm. There are just people that rub us the wrong way or who, who have hurt us yeah. and cause pain. And so sometimes it is a mental battle of I'm going to choose right. to show this to you and not just leave it at that, but continue to pray mm-hmm. that God would change your heart and soften your heart, mm-hmm. your heart towards them. But yeah. I mean, we don't always want to do the things that we have to do in life, but we do them. We yeah. go to work. Right. We <laughs> love our families and yeah. God honors those things.
3: I, I was going to say, too, like, there is a, an element where we have to be honest and say we're not a lot of times in control of our feelings and our emotions. Exactly. exactly. And so, it, like, what is the alternative? The alternative is being where our culture is, which says, essentially, when you feel something, then you do it. And we know where that gets us. So <laughs> it's like, so that's really, in my mind, right. that's the only alternative. Like, I can't control, used the perfect example in Scripture, Um the idea of be angry and do not sin. Yeah. What, is, what is the permission there? You can feel, you can feel sad, you can feel frustrated, you can feel anger, but what do you do in the midst of that? When you're at a crossroads, yeah. you have a momentary, you know, you have a, a, the ability to make a decision with what you're going to do with that. So you can say, no, I don't feel very loving, therefore I'm not going to do loving actions or you can say, I don't feel this way, but I know what God's word says right. and I know what yeah. Jesus calls yeah. me to do. Yeah. There, Like to me, that that glorifies God in that, like I'm not a slave to my emotions or my feelings and I'm not gonna be subservient to that. And rather yeah. I'm going to be obedient to God even when I don't feel like it Because again, we're not always in control of our feelings and emotions.
1: I've had that exact same conversation. I mean, I've wrestled with it myself in my own life, but with one of our kids recently who was, well, it's been a little while, but they were saying like, I don't know what to do with this anger because with their anger, they were just flipping out, mm-hmm. out of control. And it was like, it's okay to be right. that angry, but we have to modify yeah, the behavior because yeah, yeah. you cannot just flip out <laughs> like if this. you're an
0: adult still
2: I doing know. that, yeah. you're going to be you're, I was like, you'll be
1: fired. You <laughs> yeah. will be fired if you yeah. do this at your job.
2: For sure. <laughs> well, it brings to mind like the Psalms and, and Matthew, you and I laugh a lot of times you're like, man, the Psalms are rough. Like th- <laughs> right, these guys yeah. are expressing like they they want God to smite the the wicked they want God to break the teeth of their enemies and so like oh, that's graphic it's very it graphic is. yeah and and there's some psalms that are like even more graphic than that and mm-hmm. even more i would say even more hateful than that because of right. out of frustration and anger and i think it's where we take those emotions and mm-hmm. how we process those emotions i the, yeah. the psalms express to us like that it is safe to bring the the most vile and hateful things of our hearts to yeah. God mm-hmm. yeah. to lay them at That's his point. feet and, and and even our distrust of God to be honest about that with him yeah. Yeah. and and then yeah. to turn around and say I
0: this is how I feel but I still choose to trust
2: you mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah um I was thinking about the psalms I just pulled it up psalm 139 it's like one of the most beautiful psalms in scripture. Like you love it. Like you (laughs) knit me together in my mother's womb. You know what I mean? Like it's so beautiful at the very end of it. He's like, like it just pivots. He's like, (laughs) how precious are your thoughts? uh, Oh God, how vast is the sum of them? If I were to count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Like, this is the stuff on t-shirts, right? The very next verse, oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. Oh, men of blood <laughs> depart from me. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're just like, oh, okay. And then it gets right back to the end. Search me, oh
3: God, and know my heart. And you're like, what just happened, You know, David? he's just
1: journaling. He's like, oh, that know. was bad. Search my heart, oh God.
3: <laughs> stray, stray thought just came through his <laughs> yeah. brain in that yeah. moment.
0: It just made it right onto the paper. And he's like, oh, he read it later. It was like, <laughs> bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we're all like on the same page mm-hmm. of this of it is important to recognize where mm-hmm. our emotions lead. You mm-hmm. know, I think yeah. there's another scripture that says the the anger of man does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Mm. Like to recognize like anger is a natural emotion, but just know where it leads. Mm -hmm. And and I think about even I talked about recently in in one of the messages where where Jesus is raising the bar in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And it looks like he's just like adding another layer of standards, but he really is getting to the heart issue. Yeah, right. Like he's like, You've heard it said, do not murder, but I'm telling you, don't be angry with Mm -hmm. your brother and don't curse him. And and like he he starts to go down these really practical things because he's telling them murder doesn't start with murder.
3: Mm-hmm. Murder mm-hmm.
0: starts with an emotion right. that leads you to that. And so again, I think we, we recognize it starts with physical, literal obedience and behavior, but we're working on our hearts to get right. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give you an example. I might have shared this recently and I apologize. Um, I always feel kind of insecure about that. Cause like as a pastor, you share the yeah. same stories. It feels <laughs> like, especially when you've been in the same place for 19 years. Um, but, uh, years and years ago, like over a decade ago, um, i had a, a tension with someone and i just felt so convicted by god that i needed to pray for this person and it and it always god reminded me on saturday when i was at church praying for the message the next day and my initial prayers were the weakest non <laughs> non conviction of my heart prayer you know what i mean yeah. where it's like I often joke that I wanted to pray God's judgment on someone, but I was like, "And yeah, God, I pray for them that you know that <laughs> you might kind of bless them, you know, or whatever." But I remember, like, I remember the moment every single week God just convicted me, convicted me, praying for him. And I remember after months, the moment that I realized my prayer was genuine, mm-hmm. like it had changed. To where I went, I genuinely want this person to be blessed by God, and it was like, oh, it was like God took me on that journey where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's that's the beauty of praying for your enemies. Mm. Is it really does lead your heart that way? And I'll tell you, we know this. I felt better then than I did when I was holding a grudge. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I didn't feel like pure and like soft. I felt like still this. And then I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that that's what I was gonna say is if God is always leading us to health and to new life, the the idea of forgiveness and even even thinking of some of the most despicable things that people have done to to other people. And and how devastating that can be to someone's life, is it still not better for for that person who was a victim to to offer forgiveness? That right. is freedom for their heart. Right. Yeah. And, and and I think if it's something where where it's like demanded of them and without regard for their feelings or whatnot, I think that is a not the way to go about it, sure. if that makes sense. But at the same time, the the I think the the constant call or pull is is to do that that exact mm-hmm. thing of be honest before God, and then just allow God to transform, and, and it brings new life and new health, like you
0: like you just yeah. said. All right, so let me follow that up with a question. Sure. You're going to answer it, Chris, right? Okay. Because okay. <laughs> uh, this was another question that I got immediately on Sunday, which was funny to me, because you teach, I'm standing by the door, you teach and people come to ask me questions and i was like i wanted to go go, go talk to mary about it but uh, are there ever times to not show love to a person um and even specifically abuse toxic relationships sure. because i am I'm, I'm guessing that was the common question mm-hmm. uh one of the the what we want our church to do when we're teaching is we want them to apply it toward every situation in their life sure. because if it's not yeah. true in every situation it's not true and I'm sure people were just naturally bringing to the surface whatever was the most toxic relationship mm-hmm. in area. So the people are like, do I always have to uh, show love? Is there ever a time I don't have to show love?
2: Um, I would say, no, there's not a time that you ever have to show, that you, you are freed from showing love. So you always have to show love. So I would say you always have to show love, but as defined by how we've been talking about it. And and what that means is that, that this is a, it, it starts with praying for the person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or talking about God, about how I don't want to pray for the person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it starts simple, but also what I want to say is, is loving someone does not keep you in a dangerous or tough situation. And so love can allow for space and for safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love, love can allow for, so if you're, if you're in abusive marriage and um, you're afraid that you're not being loving by staying in the house, like I would say, it's time to move out and and find safety. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a lack of love. That is a the reality of safety and and yeah. working in that situation. You know what I mean? Um, and so you you don't need to subject yourself to continued abuse and to and not be. I'm trying to say like that's not not loving, right? right. If yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I so think a lot of people feel feel
0: that tension right. of. So what you're clearly saying is like yes. I'm sorry, I'm fumbling. Over no, no, no. That's part. not what I was implying. I'm saying I just want to pause and then you can build on it. Is being loving is not mean you just take every form of abuse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's not the standard Jesus is saying, it, but it is our behavior to them. We want to continue to love sure. in the sense of our behavior, right. but there are just times we have to make practical steps for our safety mm-hmm. and ongoing well being. Yeah, yes. does,
1: I would say it doesn't mean being in proximity yeah. of that person yeah. all the time. And I, I also had, re- it doesn't mean always being in relationship with them, yep, right. but I think in terms of in order to love them well, you have to still be thinking about that person and praying for them, but you don't have to have physical contact with them on a daily basis or continue that relationship.
0: Anthony, I'm going to jump back to something we talked about in the reconciliation Mm -hmm. podcast based on what even is a saint. So I'm referencing something you said publicly. Uh, I'm going to keep it general because I I know uh, some of the background, but you talked about a specific relationship in your life Mm -hmm. that needed some, some time. Yeah. Um, Process. Can you help us understand how you process through that of, there are, there are seasons in this relationship I need space. Mm-hmm. And then when do I figure out when I can, you know, put myself back in that position? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think, um, just to real quick add on to Mary, and this was in the context of that conversation, it's, it's similar to the conversation around forgiveness and reconciliation in that I believe God required, like we're, we're called to forgive and we're called to be the type of people that pursue reconciliation. That doesn't always mean reconciliation reconciliation is going to happen. Again, right. referencing um, you know Romans 12, 9, right? So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Right. There are times where you try your hardest. People are not willing to live peaceably. Right. They're not willing to honor your boundaries that you have set. And I think that's where a part of it is, is really the question of, have you done all that you can do? Do you pray for this person? Um, do you ask God to soften your heart? As you were saying, Chris, like, are you honest with God about this? Maybe you feel a certain way and it's like, I just need to bring this before God. I think it starts there really to to check your heart, to check your posture before Mm -hmm. God. And even before this person, I think there's a level of self-examination. We talked before in one of the podcasts Have you owned up to your part in that? Even if if 95% of it is them, have you owned up to the 5% that you need to own up to? So, to me, the the big question is yeah, have you done the hard work of self examination? Have you owned up to where you've fallen short, where you've sinned? Have you been willing to maybe sit down and have a conversation? Like, that's another big one. Have you been honest to them about it? Again, following the pattern of Jesus where you sat down with them, you've had a conversation. If they don't listen, you've brought another family member, friend, whoever might be in close proximity to that relationship had a conversation. So to them, it is, it is being validated. This is not something I'm making up, right? This is how you've yeah. hurt me. This is how you've acted in the past. These are the consequences of that. You've been honest. So you've basically exhausted every possibility. And then at that point, if they have not reciprocated that where they've owned up, they've repented of their action, where they've taken steps towards making the relationship healthy, I think right. that's the, the moment where you have to say, okay, This is a time for me to step back. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a step back forever, Mm -hmm. but you even communicate that to them and say, Look, I've done everything that I could do. It appears to me that you are not willing to Mm -hmm. take this into consideration. You're not taking this seriously. Um, You're not able to listen or receive what I've said to you for my own safety or for my own sanity or for the safety of my marriage or my children, whatever the situation may be. I'm going to remove myself. I'm going to take a step back. And then maybe in three months, six months, whatever it is, as you continue to pray, as you continue to seek God, just to make sure your heart posture, like I think one of the, the dangers of all this is so often... We can, can we can um, convince ourselves that we are the pious person that we have no wrong in it. So I think even that posture of humility before God consistently mm-hmm. is so important that we're, we're checking our heart that there isn't resentment and bitterness and hatred to where mm-hmm. you're having those negative thoughts and you're, you're convincing yourself, well, I've forgiven them, but in reality, you're like, man, I hope that person dies. You know, like <laughs> that's that, there's an inconsistency there. So I think right. there's there's both things happening where yeah. you're trying to honor God, you're trying to make sure your heart is aligned with Him and potentially taking extreme action like separating yourself um you know making solidifying boundaries for your own safety and for your own health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we think about it God loves this way does he not? Like mm-hmm. we
2: we tend to picture God as being unconditional in his love and he is unconditional in his love at, at the same time God does not force his love upon us. And so it is an offer and when we when when he um I mean, it's it, essentially, it's how you think about those that are lost. Those that are lost are those that have re- rejected the love of God that he's offered to them. That creates a tension in a relationship. But at the same time, so uh, so God's posture is always this, I will accept you if you come back to me. Mm-hmm. Those people continue to to walk away and continue to walk away. Well, God God's like, okay, I, I'm not going to force right. this upon you. You know what I mean? And so when we talk about people that are lost or people that aren't saved, like, in reality, what it is is that they've just stepped away from the love of God that is always there and always open and always willing to get, to pour it out on him. But at the same time, if they're not willing to accept it, not willing to step into it, um,
0: God doesn't force it upon them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Mary, that will lead me to a question to ask you. So you really are, I mean, to a point I've teased you in our marriage, you <laughs> are all about reconciliation. I'm not talking about with me. With me, you are. That was a weird way that I exported <laughs> that, but you are with me, but I'm saying like in life yeah. you would, if all things were up to you, you'd be reconciled in every single relationship. Mm. But the sad reality is some people do not cooperate in that process. So I would imagine there are people in the audience that as they're listening, they're going, I've tried to show love to people and they just mm-hmm. keep rejecting it. So I'm just going to ask you, how have you handled that? How mm-hmm. have you walked through that where you've reached out, you've been willing to take a humble position, you've been willing to meet, people say no. And you're just kind of stuck in that, that tension of, and the heartache of it. Mm-hmm. of Like, mm-hmm. I wish I could, but they won't. Yeah. How have you processed that while still seeing those people and loving them, knowing that they haven't gone through the process? Yeah, to it's
1: difficult. And I think all those emotions you were just describing or scenarios are true. Like there's sadness that comes with it. There's heartache, there's hurt. And it is a really difficult process to navigate through. But just like we were all saying, you cannot force someone to mm-hmm. desire to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with you or to to want to own up to their part of the the hurt. And so it's just, I think it's accepting that and, and having that heart, everything that you just described, like in reconciliation, the, the steps that you need to take, I think are right on. And then being willing to have a heart that says, but what if that person comes back and desires mm-hmm. to go through this process, still having a soft heart that you will do that. But it's easy to be wounded. And I think just not... Do, seriously not dwelling on that and continuing to go okay God I trust you mm-hmm. whether you're doing a work in their heart or this is just for me to continue to release to you um, I choose to do that rather t- than to become bitter because that's really the the other option mm-hmm. is to be mm-hmm. bitter and resentful mm-hmm. And I will say those still you know those emotions still come up in me and I just have to recognize it like why am I thinking? poorly about mm-hmm. this person yeah. or desiring you, you just something. Say, I want them to die. <laughs> <You pointed laughs> I, I just know took that it to the, the max to extreme. extreme.
0: <laughs> She's like, but she pointed at you like what, what you said, but I can't repeat that because I don't know that I'm there yet. No, <laughs> but just
1: you know, just you I don't know. I, I think we all understand not wanting something no, bad don't. for them sure. and going like, oh, see how that turned out for you? You know, like yeah. not and not trying to observe their life and see nitpick their life. Sure. I just have to kind of go, no, that's that's not for me to handle. Mm-hmm. And um, just release it to God. And so it is, it's very difficult to not become better, but it really is going back to God and saying, I choose to release this again. I'm having these emotions. I don't want to feel this way for that person. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I said it in my message too, but it so applies to me. Trying to have the perspective of what is it in their life that is causing them to be this way. And when you have a soft heart towards the Mm -hmm. fact that people, we've all experienced things in our life that cause us to act a certain Mm -hmm. way, it does allow you to have more compassion for them and to recognize, you know what, like that's a sad thing that they're, that mm-hmm. this has happened to them and, and I understand that that's how they relate to people.
0: Yeah. And you, you have been great at that. I, I referenced recently that one of the things we've instilled in our kids is to try to find the backstory of mm-hmm. the people, yeah. but you modeled that for me. Like you taught that with me mm-hmm. and you still have that perspective often where you go, like, as you talk about someone else's hurt and they won't reconcile, you will then also say, but I know that they've had things in their past. that mm-hmm. probably hurt them. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've really appreciated that because it's, it always is that constant reminder. Because it's so natural to go to the place of like defense, or you want you do want bad on them in the sense of you're like I want them to face the consequence of their choices, and Mm -hmm. and and then you start to realize no they're just broken like I am, you know right.
1: And Mm -hmm. a a counselor told once told us both when we were talking about a scenario like this that reconciliation and or we could say love isn't the on the forefront of some people's minds and it's not their greatest desire. Mm -hmm. And so reconciliation is really like one of my deepest desires, but that's not the case for everyone. I'm not, I'm not saying like elevating myself, I'm saying they might have something else that's more important to them. So that might be how they're operating
0: and the counselor and also said that some people don't even have that in their tools like yeah they don't even know how to reconcile tools because they yeah. never experienced that in their families yeah mm-hmm. i
3: mean that, that was what i was going to say i think one of the things that i've realized in my life is there are times we are expecting things of people that they do not have the capacity yeah. to do right and right and i think that's so helpful because then it does allow us to humanize them versus villainize them and i think that's really the extremes of like we we will put them in that category where we make up almost another narrative about their life and Mm. that this is just kind of this willful decision and they're just inherently evil. And, but in reality, when you start to think about like, yeah, their backstory, their upbringing, Mm -hmm. you know, their narrative with their parents, all of those things, it does humanize them. And you realize I'm expecting something of them that literally is impossible for them to do, which then goes back to the earlier question about how we can't love people apart from the love of God. Mm. So if this is a person that for whatever reason, even if they maybe are claiming to be a Christian, have not allowed the love of God to penetrate and transform their own hearts, why then would we expect them to love in a way that only God can love, you know what I mean? So I think even having realistic expectations and and doing the the hard work of really trying to humanize a person, realize that they do have a story, they do have hurts, they've experienced things that have shaped them and even deformed them, really beginning to view a person the way that God views them, a person mm-hmm. in need of, of mm-hmm. healing and hope. And the the desire would be then you would see that in life and then hopefully maybe down yes. the road reconcile, right? I'm still open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I don't know what you said earlier, but you said something earlier that triggered this question. So I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I was, my, while you were talking, my brain was trying to find it. I was like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, the, the thing I wrote down, so this is another one of those funny things. I'm going to say this and you might think, I don't think I said anything close to that. That happens <laughs> to come from? Like, yeah, where, that yeah. was weird. Um, but so this is my question is sometimes people will use terms like they'll say, uh, like this person is toxic or this situation mm-hmm. is toxic. And actually, I think we're too quick in our culture to put extreme labels on mm-hmm. things. Sure. This person's a bully. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. they're not a bully. You know, they had a bad day. They were grumpy. Yeah, or mm-hmm. this is, you know, you guys get what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So here's kind of my question is, in our culture, what can we do to not so quickly label someone as evil? So even what you just said about, we go to two extremes, either they're yeah. the villain or, or we love them. Uh, how can we in their situations, like look at their situations and realize this might just be brokenness that God's calling us to step into and to love them in that brokenness. Do you get what I'm asking?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think part of it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's it's kind of like, have you done what you are called to do, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think starting with ourselves, it's, it's kind of the idea of, you know, Jesus is very clear. You know, people misquote it all the time, like Matthew 7 about judging. Uh, it's <laughs> like, oh, don't judge anyone ever. And it's like, that's not at all what Jesus is saying. But there is an element there where he's he's modeling and teaching the posture of humility where like we're more concerned about our own sin before we're concerned about other people's Okay, here,
0: sin. I know exactly what you're talking about. I literally just read it yesterday, but, but will you just take a second and explain that passage of scripture? Because I think that does play into this yeah. where people think like, oh, you can't do that if you love me. And, and what Jesus is saying to him is so much better and deeper than that. He's like, yeah. no, you need to focus inward first because that gives you the proper loving mm-hmm.
3: heart. So. Yeah, so the, the, the gist of it, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase it, right? Jesus talks about how you know, we need to remove the plank in our own eye before we remove the speck in our brother's eye. Um, and then he, he talks about it later on though, he says like, once you do that, once you remove the plank in your own eye, then you can help your brother right. with the speck in his eye. So So it's not that he's not saying, hey, you shouldn't address these things. You shouldn't, you know, do it at all. It's that you need to make sure your posture, your motivation is right. Rather than what you just said, labeling a person toxic without realizing maybe I have some toxic traits myself that right. I demonstrate Am I examining my own heart? Am I looking at myself first? Do I hate my own sin before I hate somebody else's sin? And then really, what is even the motivation? I think some people, when when we label people or when we call things out, it's to humiliate them, it's to make them feel bad, it's to belittle them. But as Christians, it should be for the purpose of redemption and reconciliation. We Mm. care about a person. We love a person. We want to see them healed. We want to see them transformed. And that does entail, as we've talked before, about having hard conversations. There's an element of confrontation that many people, you know, in our culture are conflict averse but not all conflict is bad in the sense right. that conflict can be redemptive if your motive and your heart posture is right if you approach it with humility if your motivation is like i want to see this person restored i want to see this person healed i want this relationship to grow and be healthier so i think to shorten what you asked earlier if you label a person quickly i don't think it allows for any of that right if this right, is just yeah. a toxic person In my mind, I can rationalize writing them off. I don't have to deal with any of that. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier in a lot of ways. But we do not allow room for the grace of God Mm and a story of redemption Mm -hmm. that I think God wants to utilize when we are willing to love in the way that he loves, which is a vulnerability, right? Self-sacrifice, self-giving. We're putting ourselves in a posture to be hurt that's what Jesus did, literally gave his life. So I think there is a fear in that for a lot of people, and we want to cling to our control in that, yeah. um, or we want to label a person because then it's easy to not yeah. have to get into the nitty-gritty. And think about, man, what you just said is so good, Anthony. Think about how
0: different your reaction is to someone based on the label you do give them. So like, this person is toxic. This person is hurting. Yeah, it's the same person, same behavior, mm. but man, that's a different label. And it's a different response, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like this is a weird analogy, but I think you guys are follow me. So my feed on like social media, uh, the algorithm is like dog videos because I love dogs, <laughs> okay, it just is uh, my mom. Sends all Bane. Me, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> all that version, but it's interesting. So my wife, uh, I don't think you'd be mad at that. I said this in general, you don't love dogs. You love Bane, right. but in general, like has a little bit of a fear of dogs. Um, Like, Safe to say you don't want to be in a room with a pit bull. Right? Very safe yeah. to say. Very but what's accurate. interesting in these Somebody's videos. Somebody's going to leave a comment
3: about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: They're misunderstood dogs. Um, but what's interesting, so in my video feeds, you'll see a dog that's aggressive. And so the, the label you want to stick on them is aggressive. They're dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Another person will look at the same dog and go, that dog is afraid. That dog is sure. hurting. And how they respond, and you'll see these videos, and they are touching, where they take a dog and they, um, what's the term I'm looking for? They... Uh, Uh, rehabilitate rehabilitate them. And then all of a sudden you see them like totally loving and and caring. And it's like, we'll have that type of compassion toward a dog and we won't toward a person, Sure, you know, where we just go, like you were
3: saying, toxic, you're out. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because people should know better. I think that's the, again, the posture (laughs) and expectation is that we so quick, especially like it's easy. We all do this. We all look at the world through where we are in life. Like there's Mm -hmm. a certain element of where we have a bias and, and it's hard sometimes to forget Uh, I was uh, recently listening to someone teaching about how, how so often as parents, we forget what it's like to be children and Mm. we end up doing things. (laughs) I forgot that 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we end up doing things as parents that like we would have hated as children because Mm -hmm. it's like, we forget what it's like to be children. There's almost the same sense. Like we forget what it's like to be apart from the grace of God. We forget what it's like to be where we were before. And so it's just, it's a lot easier for us to Just have certain expectations. They should operate the way that I'm operating. Well, they don't because their experience has not been the same as your experience. Mm
2: -hmm. I think about the story of Paul. Like as I listen to you guys talk about this stuff, like I I just keep thinking about how Christ confronted Paul. So like he he judged him. He said the thing that you're doing is not right. Paul was murdering people. I mean, he was going around arresting people and or at least sanctioning the murder of Mm -hmm. people, and 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 he is bringing so much fear to the church and the church is like scattering because they're so afraid of him. The next thing they know they're worshiping beside him.
0: Right. And and
2: so like, think about that concept of, of like the reality is the gospel me, the gospel is powerful enough to take your greatest enemy, the person that you labeled as whatever you want to label them as. And tomorrow you might be sitting next to them Mm -hmm. in church Mm -hmm. and loving
0: them as a brother or sister because God's grace is that big. Yeah. Well, Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but isn't there didn't God's prophetically speak to someone to tell them to go to Paul and they're like, Ananias? yeah, he's yeah. yeah, yeah. like
2: absolutely not.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's informing
0: God, oh God, you're making a mistake yeah. because that's, Do you know this guy, yeah, this is that Paul, yeah, yeah, which is
3: funny because that that is our heart though. Is that at times yeah. guys goes for show love and we're like. Hold on, God. Let me yeah. explain to you why. What well, goes back to earlier though? What we we're talking about, like Ananias felt a certain way about Paul, right? right and it yeah. wasn't good. Paul did not yeah. have a good reputation. But what does he do? He obeys. Like, he obeys yeah. God. Does what God calls him to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what is the result of that? Like, yeah. I, I would like to think that six months after, you know, Ananias and Paul could have been hanging out laughing, like yeah. his posture and heart probably totally shifted right. because he obeyed and God used that obedience right. to do something well, yeah, radical. even
0: after that in Acts, there, when Paul goes ahead, they send messages ahead saying, receive him, he's different. Yeah. Like, so they became afraid initially to supporters of yep. his. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, Mary, uh, w- when people would probably want to know some practical things, they they want to love well. Uh, we've talked about a few of them, so you, you can reiterate these things. But if someone's going, okay, I I realize now this has not been my rhythm. All the things you guys are talking about, they mm-hmm. hear this message and they go, and, it, and a lot of people did. They were like, I mean, that was the common theme was I realize I need to love better. So even our staff, when we go on Mondays and we're going around celebrating the wins, almost every person that met, that made a comment about the message was like, God showed me a way that I could love better. Mm-hmm if someone is just hearing that and thinking how, you know, what are some practical steps I can do? Are there some practical things that you could give them a few things? um, Obviously we've talked about prayer, but I mean, just practical rhythms of life, things that they can do to love people better. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure. I think part of it goes back to what you were just talking about in terms of viewing the other person through maybe some of their hurts or things that they have experienced in life. I think also, as we were talking, I was thinking about even in our relationship, there are things that you do really well to show love to me that I'm weak in. There's things that I do well to show you love that you might be weaker in. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that each one of us have ways, something else might irritate us and how somebody is displaying love towards us, but it just might not be their strength. And right. doesn't mean that we shouldn't all pursue to have wholeness and how we're, loving, but recognizing people do have different gifts in their ability to love and to display love. So being aware of that. Um, I think also looking for the positives in people. So people that you're in relationship with, specifically the ones that are difficult to love, looking for how can the scenario what can I look for the good in this scenario? Um, whether it's a child that's difficult to love, a spouse, a family member, what thinking about the good things about them, asking God to reveal those things to mm-hmm. us. And I think just being wise in who we have interaction with. Um, we have to, at times, know our limits of... Mm-hmm. I am not in a good place to show you love right, right. now. Like these, these mm. are the feelings that I'm having. <laughs> this might not be a good interaction for me to continue to have with you right in this moment and recognize that be wise. That doesn't mean you can never or should never have interaction with them again, mm-hmm. but just kind of knowing your limits. I mean, there are people that are difficult to be around yeah. for a while and you have to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going to ask the same question to you guys too. That I asked her like what are some practical things I'm going to speak to it for a second. Uh, I think, if you have a person that you're consistently having issues with, you know, the rhythm that goes down that pathway. And at mm-hmm. times you have to have the discipline to not go down that pathway. Right. Mm-hmm. There are certain people that I absolutely do not enjoy any type of intense conversation with, because when it goes down that way, I'm like, it just gets me fired up. And so I won't let it. If they mm-hmm. ask me like a controversial question and they're like, if they have like a weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. where I'm like, yeah. nope, weird hey, energy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking that bait, you know, mm-hmm. I going to yeah. that. I think for me, I, this is one I often stress is not having the imagine, imaginary arguments in my head, mm-hmm. not meditating on the, on the negative. You said like focus on the positive, but I would also say limit yourself on the negative. And then the last thing I'd say is be careful who you talk to. Like if I'm having tension with you, who I talk to about it, mm-hmm. because yeah. if it's not a person that is going to be that redemptive... Like I, I picture like you need to talk to someone like Tiffany, you know, like in, on our staff mm-hmm. where you know Tiff is always going to lower the intensity mm-hmm. and tell you to pray and then ask to pray with you that's the type of person you want to talk to I, it'd be hilarious if I just named a different staff, not like this staff <laughs> person. No, no, but I'm saying like, yeah, there's no one on. But like, you don't, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. There's those people that you go, you talk to them, and they're like, "I'm your ride or die <laughs> yeah, They're gonna I got your back. agree with you. Yeah, no they get you what. fired up, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're right. Let's go, you know, mm-hmm. storm the castle. But all right, what do you get? What do you think? Price I was gonna yourself.
2: say, I'm gonna back it off of like, like hurt or like abuse or anything like that. I wanna, I wanna back it to people that are just they just annoy you, mm-hmm. like, and and take it to to that level because I think I find more in my life. They're just people that like either take up too much of my time because they just don't, they're not aware or, you know what I mean? Or they they just do something that I go, yeah. man, that just kind of puts me off. Um, I've had to learn to be intentional in those moments to be serving uh, of that person, to go out of my way to, to love that person and to be in relationship with that person um, because... It, it is teaching my heart to be like christ you know what i mean like so it's a, it's a training thing for my heart because i know my heart's wrong you know what mm-hmm, i mean and yeah. in that those situations but also what it does is it it allows for for beauty and relationship to thrive and like and I, i've been blessed by so many like people that first put me off but then take the time to get to know them yeah. um, and to step in to be purpose to step into those relationships to find real fruit in life mm-hmm. from those relationships, and so um, you just have to be purpose and intentional to, to to step into the uncomfortable moment or the and find a way to serve them and, mm-hmm. and be in a relationship That's
3: with good. them. Yeah, I would go back to. I think this question came up, again, maybe maybe it was on the topic of forgiveness, but the concept of, of finding ways to, to bless the person. I, I remember reading this. This is hilarious in the sense that somebody was apparently trying to one-up Jesus, but, you know, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It was called the platinum rule, and it was the idea of do unto others as they would have you do unto them. This idea of and I like it as a principle in that what it's saying is contextualizing how you love a person, right? So this might fall into the category of like the five love languages, right? In, in the way that yeah. we all receive love differently. But I love it as a concept in that it it causes you then to intentionally think about a person. What would What would be a blessing to this specific mm-hmm. person in this specific season of yeah. life, right? So for example, if a person maybe Maybe you know, like, they're probably struggling with loneliness. Well, maybe then your way of blessing them is inviting them over for -hmm. dinner, right? To show them hospitality, or they don't have a lot, so you financially bless them in some sort of way, buy them a gift card, buy them whatever it might be. That idea of proactively thinking about what are the ways in which I can bless this person person to demonstrate love in action. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, especially in culture, and I end up, I'll probably talk about this when I teach on ministry stuff, Mm -hmm. like, we're so busy we don't have a lot of time to be proactive in the way that we love people, in that so much of our time is spent like being reactive to what's going on around us. Yes. So I think actually taking some intentional time and thought and effort in so finding good, ways yeah. To, yeah. to bless people in a way that they would be blessed by it, right? Because there are certain things that you might do for someone that you would like, but it's like, okay, thanks, appreciate you thinking of me, but it's nothing. But to intentionally think about them as an individual and know what their need might be in that season Um, I think is a pretty cool way to to love people well. You guys got anything else?
0: We just crushed the whole topic of love. (laughs) We figured it all out. Uh,
3: (laughs) Yeah, I will say this.
0: uh, If by chance you did not watch the podcast on a reconciliation one, there's so much overlap. I would encourage someone to go back and and watch that. So, um, Again, I just want to reiterate one thing that you said is you started the message off this way. Uh, when Jesus is commanding this, he's not commanding this to us to the people who are easy to love. Mm-hmm. you know so like even as you're thinking through this you know Anthony said it so well at the end there, don't just think about this on the people that are easy to love in your family. how can I love them even better? Mm-hmm. Right? It really is how can I love the people who are difficult to love? How can I love them better? How, how can I do mm-hmm. stuff intentional? Uh, to love them because again, we don't know the part that God's calling us to play in their lives. Right. And and that really is mm-hmm. um, something we have to always put to the forefront. Am I loving? You know, Jesus flipped that question around. They're like, Who do I have to love? He, he goes, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you have to love. And are you loving? So mm-hmm. that's our, our, our encouragement and challenge to you uh, that this week you will ask the question consistently am I loving? you look around and I know we all can do this. You can think of a bunch of people that are hard to love. Uh, so this week strive to love them well. Um, not just because it's like some notch you can, you can put down and say a a checklist. I did it, but because it is the better way to live and you are the light to a very dark world. So we hope this was challenging and encouraging. And as always, if it is share it with family and friends, and uh, we can't wait to see you on Sunday. God bless.